Guys, welcome back to another episode of When Two or More with the McCords. It's fantastic to be with you once again. If you aren't a subscriber, get subscribed. We want it's our heart, really, just to be reaching out uh, to you, to the wider world, but be bringing you good conversations with people that are examples of faith in their day to day. And today we've got a good one for you. And I just want to introduce this really well. It's It's World Book Day today, and not by design at all. On this day, one year ago, FIFA interviewed the guests that we have on for today's podcast. Now, usually FIFA and World Book Day don't don't go hand in hand. They don't sit simultaneously, and that was exactly the point. Today's guest is a Chelsea Academy player, an absolute baller, and at the age of 18, already has appeared five times for England, once at under 15 level and four times last year for the under 17. On top of all of this, if that wasn't enough to balance and to contend with, he's an Eton scholar, making him one of the most academically gifted young men in our current education system. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome him in, Tudor Mendel. Tudor, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, Stuart. How are you? Very good, brother. Very good. Well, first of all, let me just thank you for taking the time out. Um, we've just heard about two, the two foundations, one, two, two foundations in your life that you're working from at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate if you'd said, you know what, I just don't have the time. We would all know why. Um, but you didn't and you took this opportunity. Um, and we're going to get into why. But um, yeah, we'll start on. We'll, we'll go. We'll go down. Um, you know, let's let's talk about. So, which came first for you, Tudor? You know, we talk about the academics. We talk about football. Which from the from the very start can you remember being more into when you were younger? I mean, it's a hard one, right? So, um, obviously, it's it's a blessing to be gifted in both. And I guess from a young age, you really just uh, try to sort of follow in obedience just perfectly anything that you're doing. So I guess for me, I couldn't pinpoint one or the other. It was more just the the more that I grew, the more opportunities came up. And then the more I realized how much uh, of, of a gifting and a blessing I had in each one of the, the two areas. So I just thank God for that, yeah. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And so what I talk more about the kind of, you, you just talked on kind of obedience. Where does someone like yourself, Tudor, where do you get that? Because a lot of people, they don't grow up with that kind of straight path or they don't, there's no kind of, I think naturally our hearts are kind of against <laughs> obedience. We want to go our own way. Where did you get that from? I think, I mean, it's similar to the the title of, I guess, our chat today, Firm Foundations. And obviously in, in my home, and I think everything, uh, everything surrounding God and his word, it starts in his home, right? That's his, that's his primary unit for, um, I guess, establishing, you know, godly people for establishing his word. And so from a very young age, that's been something that I have, you know, dedicated myself to. I have blessed to be part of a family, to have been set in a family which uh, respects the word of God. And at the same time, we look to apply it as much as possible. So yeah. it's not really sort of as though, it were my faith were a separate aspect from my football or my academics, but mm-hmm. in fact, my football and my academics were peripheral. You know, if I can say that, if they were peripheral to my faith, um, because that was the one firm foundation which you don't necessarily like realize as much when you're young. But the more you, grow, the more you come to understand your relationship with Christ, it becomes 
so central so central that it becomes everything so yes yeah and so i guess from you you're just taking your two interests from that kind of that trampoline that foundational spring right and going i'm going to apply this in and you learn you know through biblical through scripture we're learning disciplines right is that was is that a way you would put it you know you're learning disciplines that you can apply then to everything else yeah and i mean i just have to always reiterate that um, I can't even just call them interests as they were because I think um, obviously God gives everyone different gifts and he makes that clear in his word. And I think we have to whom much has been given, much is expected, right? So whatever you have, you have to do all to the glory of God as it were. And when that's in your mind, right, you're not doing it for yourself. You're not doing it, you know, for some sort of worldly cause, but you're doing it for uh, a kingdom cause, right? The king, the cause of the kingdom of heaven that really puts everything into perspective and it's almost a privilege to be able to serve as it were so yeah bless you mate that's fantastic i think that's really difficult it's a really interesting concept to grasp to do everything to the glory of god because i think we take the things that we want to do and we're good at glory We, we we take those things we run with them but then some of the things we don't want to do that's harder to apply what would you say to somebody that's that's maybe a christian and thinks about that and and actually finds it difficult really to push into some of the things they're not interested in when it comes from a you know maybe biblically I guess, again, talking about your relationship with Christ, I think Christ isn't just uh, someone who is there to, you know, sort of deal with your emotional sort of volatility, as it were, right? So he's not just there to um, accompany your whims and wishes. He's also there to take your glories, right? So he doesn't just want your shame and, and your pain and your fears. He also wants your glories and your joys as well. And so with that in mind, I think as Christians, we should be focused on just submitting everything to the feet of the Lord and doing that, right? And doing that, we can truly submit to as well, right? So it's never one point where, you know, we're directing our footsteps because um, it is the word of the Lord, which is a lamp unto our feet. And if we can have that, you know, firmly in our hearts and firmly in our heads, then that's the only way we can have a true relationship with Christ, where it's not us sort of leading Christ around, as it were, but we're really submitting ourselves before him so yeah, yeah that's that's a really interesting concept and it's and it's true and i think you when we talk about your foundations you know we're starting even in your life but your foundations really go further than that as in your family foundations right so tell tell the listeners a little bit about where you so i'm talking mainly about your grandfathers from both sides do you want to, do you want to explain a little bit about that yeah obviously um i, I don't know my grandfather's too well, i never got the chance to um to, to meet them so, but their stories are, are fantastic and uh miraculous in and of themselves so my my grandfather on my mum's side he he was a footballer for nigeria so um that's that's cool in, in and of itself to know that you've got some sort of heritage on that side um obviously Pele recently died which was um a great shame i guess to the footballing world um just what he brings my my game i try to sort of take bits of him as well but he met my grandfather and my grandfather got to meet him. So having a picture of the two of them together is really, which is cool. And then on my, my dad's side, my grandfather was um, a very just uh, gifted academician as it were. He was Africa's first flying doctor. So I guess just seeing uh, heritage and seeing, you know, God's faithfulness to just even previous generations is something which we can look at and which I think Christians should be encouraged to look at. Um, whether that's not in your family, but, you know, in, in the lineage of Christ, right? Just looking at how God has been faithful to past generations and how uh, he can do the same for us, right? If we were to have faith in him and just believe, but no, that's, that's, that's a cool thing. So. That's a really, you're, and in, in effect, you're, you're, you're effectively, you know, this culmination of these two worlds, right? The academics and the football, and it comes together and you could easily take one and you could focus on, you could really focus on one and you'd be busy either side of those you're at the top of the game you know for your age etc for both of those and that's brilliant but you're you're carrying two of those things and i think it's really a really interesting concept for me when i'm hearing that your you know relatives back but generations are important to god aren't they and it feels like you're carrying on that through and you're 
definitely doing an amazing job at, at, at dealing with both. That's brilliant. And so let's lead through your, um, let's go through the, so go to the football side. So when you, you, you're playing for, a, you, so you've always lived in the UK, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And when does it get to a point where you go, actually, this could really turn into something? I mean, obviously, so I've been with, with Chelsea since the age of eight years old. And I guess, I mean, the whole time that I'm playing football, um, in my mind, and I mean, it's, it's something, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but in my mind, it's always just like, how much can I glorify God with what I'm doing, right? So when I'm playing, I'm not really playing in mind of sort of what, uh, I guess, what, what fans are necessarily thinking or just uh, coaches or something like that. Obviously, you have to keep those things in mind. But at the end of the day, it's it's a gift that I have and I just want to play as freely as possible. So I guess when I'm thinking about a stage when you think it gets serious, um, uh, obviously, you sign your, your scholar's contract at the age of 16, that sort of thing. So you start to come into contact with the, uh, the more, I guess, crude side of, of the footballing world. But no, it's just been um, a place where I can just establish myself and I can just show to the world the gifts that I have. So I just like to play with, with, with joy and just peace as it were. So, yeah. And what's it like at, at, at Cobham? Obviously, share what you're comfortable with. Are you, are you kind of, what's that world like? What's your, what does the day-to-day for Tudor Mendelego look like? Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to give a, a sort of uh, generic... Uh, day day at Chelsea for me since there's a lot of combining with the academic side you know okay. the boarding schools will have to be coming in from there but that's since the age of eight so for me it's uh it's, it's almost like a second home a third home as you as you could call it um and yeah that's just when you're on the pitch that's when you feel the most comfortable you feel the most natural and um I guess I guess that's that yeah, so it's a really good su- supportive system. I mean, the academies have have opened their doors a little bit more. I've seen there's documentaries on um, on online, I guess, about Crystal Palace. I don't know if you've seen any of those running, you know, those that um, academy players through and bring, and and showing that how intense that is on on and the and actually, you know, we talk about foundations that that is their only foundation. That is the. Do you feel that pressure around you? Do you see that much from other, you know, academy players? Yeah, I think it's it's certainly a culture, not just in academy football, but in the footballing world in general. A lot of sort of cutthroat um, actions, a lot of uh, cutthroat culture, as it were, because you're competing the whole time. You're not just competing with, uh, you know, your opposition. You're competing with teammates for places on the team and that sort of thing, which which I kind of see as a shame sometimes because. Uh, when you're in such a hostile environment, sometimes uh, that prevents uh, friendships being formed, you know, bonds being formed with other players because you've always got this in the back of your mind that this is a potential competitor. Yes, uh, yes. And the boys there are like, they're certainly pushed to their limits every single day, whether it's physically, psychologically, you know, dealing with losses and wins. Um, and so obviously good on them for just enduring those sorts of things. But once again, it's, it's very easy and you see it sometimes with the boys when they just break down, which actually happens quite frequently. It's a shame to see that they don't have a foundation outside of football. So if the game doesn't go well, right, or if training's not going well, they're not getting selected, their whole mood, right, their whole life seems to be sort of fixated around that. And I guess from my point of view, obviously I have these two different worlds, but it's not as though I'm sort of playing one off against the other, right? So I'm... Using my victories in, in, in the sporting arena to offset my uh, sort of say uh, underperformances on a pitch or something like that. For me, it's my 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 faith and my my identity is not in either of those things, right? Those things may be inside of it, but my faith isn't smaller than those things. Um, and so, being able to distinguish that is is a real blessing, and it gives you peace. It gives you a peace that transcends. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine when you, because that's the thing, isn't it? If you're leaning onto some onto something, you know, take something physical, you're putting all pressure on it, and someone takes it away completely. Whereas if you're more thinly spread, as in that that foundation is is, you know, first of all, you've got two two elements to go down really professionally from a world perspective, but underneath all that is this relationship. 
um, with with Christ. And you're you're kind of you're you're leading into some of this stuff there in saying actually, you know, this isn't my my main. Uh, th- th- neither of those careers are your main foundation. But talk a little bit about your relationship with Christ in the day to day. Like, what does that look like for you practically? I mean, the, the whole thing about this podcast is taking. Um, taking the faith outside of a Sunday. We've become a, a, a country, I would say, actually, that we're very good at going to church, but after that, we don't see um, that hunger to bring Christ into everything like he rightly should be. And so, yeah, for you, what does that mean to carry Christ into your day-to-day? How does that look? What does that mean for you? Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned sort of, I guess, Christians and, and church on Sunday and sort of... Yeah every every other day in the week just seems to be mutually exclusive right and mm-hmm. i've been i've been blessed at, at eton at my school to be surrounded by um, a group of believers as well so yeah. we're able to fellowship and, and and to meet up during the week to discuss his word um for myself personally it's uh apart from it being on my mind constantly almost 24 7 um, cultivating a relationship with god just starts with his word right so every night every morning when when i make sure that I find the time uh, to, to do so. I, I read his word and I really just study myself, uh, study the word myself because um, it's, not, it's not as though it's an academic endeavor, right, of the Christian faith as well. You can go into it from that angle and you can glorify God from, uh, with it from that angle as well. But at, at the end of the day, it is, it is spirit-led. So as long as you make yourself available for God to, to move through and God to reveal himself to I think that's the most important thing we have to do. And that can't just be on a Sunday, right? You have to be ready and available for God every single day so that you can just catch that frequency, right? Catch his truth as much of the week as possible. So, yeah, Absolutely, absolutely. And you're talking also about good people around you at, at Eton and having that 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 kind of unity of, of a brotherhood. Um, how important has, been, has that been for you if, to support you in, air, in all areas, people that are gr- going through your life with you at the same at the same level of your having good brothers, and how much would you recommend that to other people? Yeah, I mean it's it's such a blessing. I mean, seeing people who uh, not only they're experiencing the same, uh, I guess, side of life as you, you know, on the academic front, but they're also uh, doing so through a Christian worldview, and you see that distinction from your friends, and I guess. Uh, what's it, your, your, your brothers in Christ and then your friends up sort of outside of Christ. You see that um, these are very similar people, but that, that, right, the way that they see the world is just completely different. And it's completely different because one is, uh, I guess, one, one group that, um, that they're bound to Christ, right? They're focused on Christ. And everything that they do is in relation to him. Whereas, you know, sort of your other group of uh, friends and mates, their, uh, their focus is just hit loads of different points, right? I guess their foundations are in loads of different places. Um, yeah, well, whenever we meet together, whether it's a Saturday night, Friday night, we always try to target the nights when most of the kids are doing uh, something which is, um, I guess, off the hook. But on those sorts of nights when we meet together and we discuss his word, we always start the meeting by saying, we're two or more gathered there, his spirit will be under the end of the name of your podcast. And Brilliant. it's true because... Whether there are two, three, fourteen, five hundred people, thousands of people, um, we're not doing it simply for sort of a, a numbers game, right? We're doing it because wherever you are, wherever you're studying God's word, wherever you're declaring it, um, there His Spirit will be in there. You're glorifying Him, and God is enough of an audience. So that's that's always at the forefront of my mind. That's absolutely, absolutely. And so have you also, so I move that over from from Eton and having that there is less of that kind of competitive culture that mm-hmm. you then see at, at Chelsea but have you managed to form any kind of you know um, relationships as, as brothers of Christ did because we're seeing we're seeing more uh, declarations of faith from footballers we'll get on to that in a, in, a, in a little moment but have you formed many good you know friendships of faith from your football mm, I guess not so much as on um... Uh, on, on the east side again it's it's really the culture that is there and I think it's something which um, as as you grow and as you become more established in your given club or whatever and there's less volatility there'll be more of an opportunity for that I think it's something which I'm always conscious of is always at the back of my mind um, you always want to share Christ you always want to have sort of fellowship with people who you know you know are believers people who you know aren't believers you want to just show the love of Christ to them 
Um, and it's always unfortunate when uh, they're sort of, there are veils or barriers set up by, by the place around you. But no, I think it's something which we're seeing more often people declaring their faith on a sort of more, more I guess, public level. I think it's still so much more important that on a private level, we start to um, really look to sow into the hearts of our fellows and stuff. So that's something that I'm praying about. I've been praying about uh, quite often recently, and I'm sure God will give an opening where, when when there's when the time comes. That's it, and especially in academy life, it's there is that competition aspect, isn't it? And so that is difficult for people. I imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, that when you're in the, you know, you make it into the first team, etc., then you probably could, I mean, there's always that, you're always trying to stay on top of the curve. Mm. Uh, But I imagine that kind of steps back a little bit. You can kind of of sit a little bit. But the academies that, you know, the the stats on, on making it through academy, are incredibly incredibly small, aren't they? And so every, that's that's a stat that I'm sure that these stats are things that everybody knows. And so engaging with that is is a big thing, and that push to make it to be one of these people through is huge. Um, do, am I right? Am I right in thinking that's the case in, in in regards to first team and breaking through, and then being able to kind of chill out a little bit? I don't want to say chill out because it's never yeah. a place, but yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, you hear sort of beautiful stories that, that you thank God for when, for instance, the Dutch national team, right, they were out there playing a World Cup and um, you heard stories of people leading Bible studies and having fellowship because obviously the players who are there, they're going to feel much more established than someone who's fighting for a sport at academy level. But at the same time, I think being able to do something like that under when you're under so much pressure, under the pressure of a World Cup, just shows that uh, the... The, the truth of God's word is 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 worthy of being preached, is worthy of being discussed at any level that you're at. Once you can get rid of sort of the veils which blind you um, to the importance of just, I guess, embracing God's spirit or giving God's spirit a, a home to rest, I think that's when you see a revival, not just in the hearts of uh, individuals, but in groups, right, with, with fellowship with others. So, no, I think it's something which... Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what God will do sort of through my life, through the lives of others um, in, in up and coming times, because football is is a sport like a lot of entertainment, uh, areas of entertainment where there is a lot of godlessness that's involved. That has to be said. There's a lot of idolatry and there are so much, uh, there's so many distractions around it that you need to really keep your eyes focused on, uh, I guess, the one who gave you the gift in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I think people lose sight of that. And I think I think it's very natural. It, it's a bit like, you know, you're talking about the world of the academy and that kind of natural tense kind of that progression, but, uh, that pressure. But life is very much like that as well. We get drawn away with with these things. Do you think it's easy um, at either of these things to get drawn away? How what tests of faith have you had within where you're at? So. I guess one thing we're talking about is the foundation, but we're also, we could look at scripture and we're looking out about building our house on, on sand or on rock. But when a storm comes, that's the real test of where the, of the, of the foundation, right? So what storms have you, have you had as much as you feel comfortable sharing and, and what, yeah. How does that, how does that look within both areas, both at Eton and, and Chelsea? Yeah, and you talk about, and it's always so important to come back to as well, talking about um, your your foundation. So what is it that you're really building your life on? Because it's easy just to proclaim that you're a follower of Christ, but the question is your your life reflects that. And, and like you said, it's, it's in times of sort of adversity, struggle, but also in times of sort of uh, the, the mountaintops, right? The peak experiences that you realize, who is it that I glory, I give glory to? Who is it that I see and I think um, for me, it's really just almost every week you have you have opposition. Every week you have sort of those um, moments when uh, I guess your your emotions can go up and down. But I think your faith has to stay constant. I think that that's the main battle that there is for saved Christians: is making sure that we distinguish between our emotions and what we feel and this sort of thing mm. from our faith, right, and from the truth of God's word, because. Um, we're, we're very lucky to serve a God who um, he is not, he's not subject to sort of the whims and the emotions of man, but he remains steadfast and constant and true regardless of what we're doing. And so 
yeah, for someone who um, with football, for instance, you have the you have the I guess the opportunity of having real good highs and real good lows, and academically you can have sort of solid performances. You have to go through you know troughs of hard work that sort of thing. Um, it's just being being able uh, to to separate your faith from your emotions because faith is not sort of it's not meant to be an emotional ordeal, right? It's meant to be enacting God's truth, you know, on a, on a constant basis because he is true. So, yeah. Absolutely. It must be really, it must be difficult. I mean, the, the, you know, without that firm foundation, and I guess those, those people listening right now, yeah, we, we hope really that this question, this enables you to question, what do I put my faith in? And often I would give, I would give a, a bit of advice on what, when it comes to, asking that question you kind of think what do i what do i put my faith in? i would ask yourself what what do you worry about often you're worrying about things because you put so if it's money it's often because that's a foundation if yeah. it's uh, relationships or i've got a, whether it's uh, having a boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife that's often something that we put to the forefront and so yeah do you yeah do you see that at all do you do you find yourself slipping off sometimes into there's a natural worry rather than a faith-filled concern yeah, I mean, it's something which is uh, easy, easy to do. And I think you, you mentioned, uh, I guess, in, in troubling times that yeah. in, in troubled times, it's easier to do that. I think, I guess, on uh, from, from my uh, sort of experience, it's, it's when you've had victories, right? It's when you've even had God-given victories that it's easier sort of to slip into this sense of pride, which is that yeah. it's work of my own hands. And yes. the only way that you can avoid that, and which is, uh, again, it's, it's reiterated in God's word. Hearing, uh, sorry, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. So it's only mm-hmm. when you remind yourself and come to remember the goodnesses of the Lord that you can really sort of rid yourself of your pride, right? Depart from that way, being led astray, um, and come onto, I guess, the, the the way everlasting, which is which is the path that you started off in the first place. And so that's that's something which is a real focus for me. I think in our in our Bible study with, with our students at Eton and with my friends, one of the first messages that we shared was, uh, I guess, uh, removing the idols from our life, right? Mm-hmm. Removing the idols and making sure that God was up front and that he was foremost. So one of my, my favorite biblical figure, uh, figures is Josiah, King Josiah. Mm-hmm. And he dedicated his life to doing was to restoring Israel's relationship with God. And he did that by destroying and smashing the idols that they set up in that time right i'm sure you know the book of kings judges it's it's a story of israel going up and down so you've got a king who did good in the sight of the lord a king who did bad in the sight of the lord he who did evil in the sight of the lord and i guess my what i want to make sure that my life uh reflects is obviously ridding myself of those idols and then when god gives me the opportunity doing that on a public level as well it will be a privilege to serve in this kingdom just so that people can see God more clearly and have a better relationship with him. So, and I, that's why I thank God for, for your podcast, uh, what you're doing. It's always just clearing, I guess, the space of all the distractions, uh, the worries, like you mentioned, so that people can focus on, on the truth, which is in Christ. That's what we're called to do. So, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Amen. I, I think it's really interesting as well that people have a misconception or a, 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 perceived, con- a perceived conception that, you know, you, you step into a church and you come out and everything's perfect again. Mm-hmm. Why don't you talk a little bit about that, Julia? Like within what, what's going on in your life, etc. what would you say to someone that goes, actually, you know, I, I, that has that kind of under because there is that isn't it why would god allow this for me why would god allow pain and struggle for me what's your what's your view on that mm-hmm. and i think uh, it's, it's always coming back to his word i think we, we we look at our own lives and sort of we for some reason we we have this expectation that um as christians right as believers in god that our life is meant to be sort of free from worries, free from struggles. Um, it's meant to be sort of easy riding. And at the same time, we're meant to feel some sort of uh, spiritual boost, as it were, when it comes to having a relationship with God, which is dangerous, I guess, because it forms another idol in the sense that you're looking for a feeling rather than a truth. Um, and at the same time, it, it stops you having a firm relationship with God. So um, I guess for those who 
like like the example that you mentioned who come out of church and then they're asking these questions i think mm. the best thing to do is just go look at christ right go look at christ when when he's in the garden of gethsemane right and he's dripping uh, he, he's sweating drops of blood right and you ask yourself did, did he feel good in that moment did he look good in that moment i'm sure he didn't but what he was submitting himself to the will of god not i mean i recently i recently saw a sort of a depiction of what christ would have actually looked like crucified on the cross and i mean i've got to be honest i almost sort of uh in my face away looking at it because it was so sort of gruesome right yeah. we have these images of christ as some sort of um sort of uh, perfectly clean uh guy hanging on the cross right uh, very beautiful even attractive almost but isaiah makes it clear that he had no beauty to draw us near to him no no kindness in his form and we hid our faces from him and if we realize that the the most beautiful person to have ever lived was uh ugly right in in, in the sense of uh, how how we would have viewed him or come to view him on the outside, we should realize that we're looking for truth, right? Yeah. Not not an experience or an emotion. We're looking for truth, which is what makes uh, Christianity something which is worth dying for because it's so um, it's so constant and steadfast, and it it is a firm foundation, as we'll keep saying. Sure, sure. What's your what's your church background? I know it's I know it's the the minute detail in the grand scheme of things but it, it's always interesting to find out where people have, have come from because it does affect you know their their kind of spiritual formation as it were uh, have you been to different churches have you been involved with churches what's your church background Tudor? yeah i mean obviously at the moment at, at a boarding school it's hard to be in, in in a single church as it were but we sure. we make that there is church where we are right it's it's where yeah. people are meeting in the body of christ my father is a pastor so um, always meet each week and just discuss God's word, have have Bible studies and share his word. Um, and that, that characterizes our weeks so much of the time because, um, yeah, God's, God's word is, is a lamp unto our path, is light unto our feet, and it is life-giving at the end of the day. So um, I find that a real blessing for me. Obviously, the onus is on us to enact God's word rather, wherever that's coming from, but to have some of the Father who is... Um, who gives himself over to, to, to the Lord and really allows himself to be a vessel for God's spirit is a blessing. Um, and to have a mother and, and, and sisters who are um, focused on Christ. It's so encouraging. That's what Christians ought to do for the people in their home, which I think you should always have a church in your home as well. And the people on, on a local church level, in your schools, in, in, in your, uh, I guess, friendship groups, that's something which is important to that's brilliant. No, absolutely. It's um, I I caught the the video you did for your sister's birthday, Tudor. It was so wholesome, so lovely. Um, and that's what it's about, isn't it? It's about encouraging each other, lifting each other up, and taking the opportunity to honour and uh, and and bless that and bless family members at, at their special time. It's, it's fantastic. Um, I want to talk about uh, just the kind of process when you were just a a little bit younger and being chosen being chosen effective set apart on as a footballer when you're going yeah, through yeah. kind of the getting into an academy what's that like for a young person at the age of eight um going from chelsea and how did that come about yeah as a young kid everything's everything's really exciting and i mean it's still exciting mm -hmm. for me now but um you're just playing football really and mm -hmm. obviously like I said, i've been at chelsea i've been a signed player from chelsea since i was eight i've been sort of on Chelsea's books since I was seven years old. So as you can imagine, it's, um, it's it's a lot of football for a young kid as well. But at the time, you're just sort of developing yourself technically, um, yeah. watching watching your favourite players, trying to emulate them, listening um, to instructions from your father and just sort of going and, and showing what you've got. That's always, I guess, that's the, that's the onus on football players, right? No, no matter how talented you are, it's just how much can you show that you have? Because it's easy to, um, I say it's easy to be. What's it? One can be naturally talented, but there are so many obstacles which get in the way of you showing that um, to the world, to coaches, to clubs. Um, and so, when I was around that sort of age, I was sort of between uh, before I got scouted from just a sort of typical uh, sort of uh, local club. Mm -hmm. I was bouncing around between clubs like Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, um, and and I guess the people who showed the most interest in me and they are the one, one of the biggest academies in the world it was chelsea 
And so that's how I ended up signing for them. And I mean, I'm, I'm rounding it up in sort of 30 seconds here, but it was so looking back on it and just sort of seeing God's hand sort of directing and guiding every, uh, every step of the way is really cool um, because there are so many uh, paths where it could have gone. Um, but in, in his providence, he directed me that way and I'm glad for it. So, yeah. Absolutely. And so were you a Chelsea fan at all or was that just the, you say it was just, just by interest? Was it purely that or? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was really the interest that they showed. How, how yeah. Yeah. My, myself, I'm I'm a fan of football players rather than clubs. as well. I've been. Yeah, I'm always <laughs> to, to individual players. So a, a young Neymar Junior at Santos, I used to watch him uh, a lot of the time. So that's that's what my focus is. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. That's brilliant. Yeah, and so you're you're moving through, and that's, I think. Professionally, really. I mean, we've been we've been talking for a couple of months now, haven't we? And and over those last, I would say, over the last kind of year, your name's popped up a few times, and it's it's been it's been a big year for your your football career. I, I would say, you know, where we're getting you know viral clips and things like that. How's how's that all been? You must get inundated and and all of this stuff. And how do you keep your how do you keep your head your head cool in situations like that? Yeah, and I mean, I take uh, all of all of those sort of events, you could call them, I take them as a blessing because um, for, it's, for you to have a gift is one thing, for you to show it is another, and for it to be recognised um, is, is, is another thing entirely in and of itself. Um, and it's a blessing because at the end of the day, it gives you a platform from which you can sort of, sort of just declare uh, God's glory. And I think for me, it's been... Um, no, it's been very cool. It's been very cool. I mean, for myself, uh, I always like to sort of play a style of football where I'm almost able to entertain myself, as it were. So I'll be one to sort of watch my clips uh, many times over um, yeah. because I want to play that sort of football. And so when I see other people appreciating on a on a larger scale, as it were, it's it's pretty cool to see. So, That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Well, you certainly look like in the clips from the clips I've seen and the matches I've watched. You certainly look like you're enjoying yourself. And I always think that I know myself. I would always play better when I was enjoying it, right? I think I think when you take away that enjoyment or you feel like you have to do something, it it always it always creates a certain amount of you know you become very rigid, don't you? And it's not not as not as fluid. So you certainly. Yeah, you certainly look like you look like you're enjoying it, and it's fantastic, really fantastic to see and, be, and to watch, and and be able to be to be in communication with you for the past like six, seven months, where I really feel like and England, Tudor, like how how does that come about at academy level, and and how have you found representing England? Yeah, I mean, representing your country is always it's always mm. amazing. It's always a privilege. When the first sort of call up for an England camp came. It's it's one of the most sort of exciting things uh, to yeah. hear when it came at the at the under fifteen level. And once again, once once you get the call up, everything's very exciting leading up to it. And then yeah. you just get on the pitch, and it's just um, another day in the life. Right? It's just busy yeah. as it were. So, um, yeah. It's it's very exciting pulling on the shirt. St George's Park, um, yeah. new experience. Is which we, we just thank God for every single day. So. Absolutely. Judah, you are also known for a child genius competition when you were younger. Tell the listeners about this. Okay. If I'm to <laughs> if I'm to wrap it up, I guess it was it, it was a national televised program as well, Child Genius. I think it was 2014 was the year that, that I entered. And yeah, I think they, they whittled it down from 5,000, I guess, entrants through a series of tests and everything down to 20, uh, 20 finalists, right? And they were the ones who competed in the, the competition national, nationally. I was there with my oldest sister, Hazel. And yeah, it was, it was another one of those experiences which you're doing as a young child. So I was eight at the time, right? You're doing it as a young child. Um, people from the outside, they're seeing a lot of pressure, as it were. Um, I'm sure the narrative of the... Uh, of, of the TV program made it seem like that, but as a kid, it's really just exciting to be uh, to be able to, I don't know, fulfill your gift on just a public stage, right? And and for you, it's just how can I, uh, how can I focus? How can I obey instructions? And how can I just you know answer questions as as accurately as I can? So I ended up finishing second to a twelve year old at the time. Um, mm-hmm. 
know, it was a really, it was a really cool experience for me. So it was cool. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Really good to hear. I've got all these questions, and I'm thinking, why? Did he... uh, yeah, you talked about you talked about Neymar Junior when you were younger as well. Yeah. I am. This is the first podcast I've ever done, by the way, where we've not gone down one route and then come back and done it. But it's fantastic. It doesn't need to be a certain way at all. Um, yeah. So we're plucking out all sorts, and, and and actually, it feels very natural to do that as well. When you're looking at players that inspire your game, Tudor, who would some of those be? Yeah, I'll be honest, Neymar, a young Neymar Jr. is someone who, um, <laughs> if if I have the choice between watching a, a Champions League final where he's not in it and just watching his highlight reel, I might just watch his highlight reel because mm-hmm. for me, the, the aesthetic part of football is just as important as sort of, sort of winning, right? I think those two have to always be at the forefront of a footballer's mind um, if they're going to sort of display a brand of football which which isn't just sort of um sort of mundane as well or, or repetitive and so Neymar Jr. Is, is a player that I looked up to when I was when I was much much younger I guess uh Thierry Henry you know yeah. that's just someone that you look to and you see you see you see goals go my game is really just uh I guess you could say it's styled a lot on on his tricks on his flair mm-hmm. I guess just his freedom on the pitch something which a lot of footballers don't demonstrate in, in the more recent years he's been starting to feel that pressure and you can see how it's affecting his game with injuries and just his his left sort of flamboyant style of playing but it's something which you can't you can't afford to lose um if you're going to sort of keep your identity in the game as it were. Yeah. And then at Chelsea, have there been players that have, um, you know, that are further down the line to yourself, players that have got alongside you? Have there been any highlight moments that you've had where someone's reached out or, or players that you've played with that you've re- have really stood out that you would that you would name? Or some, uh, I guess what we're looking for is kind of behind the scenes kind of this person really stood out as someone that, that blessed me in my time. Hmm. I mean... It's interesting because at Chelsea there's so much uh, there's so much footballing that's going on, so much gymming that's going on. You don't have uh, loads of time for conversation, and obviously I don't uh, I don't live with too many of the boys on offside or something like that. So those opportunities aren't as uh, as frequent as you would imagine it is, given that we're in training with each other sort of four times a week. But it's something which you know in the past sort of. Uh, two three years, you get to you get to know people more than just sort of competitors on the football field or, or teammates. So um, again, it's exciting um, being able to just uh, I guess have relationships, start to build relationships with older players as well. Um, you probably don't feel that you know that that friction and that competition as much as your own age mates, and just to really you know uh, share share experiences is something which is cool. Yeah. Very good, very good. Uh, there's a there's a comment on the side here that's from from Charles that says clear that faith is fundamental to Tudor's life, and that's great to know in this day and age. That's an interesting point about the day and age changing things to to Charles as as, as he's written that is really interesting, but it stand out a standout comment. Um, yeah, I think it's 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 fantastic to hear your story, Tudor. It's fantastic to know that there are players out there that. That the foundation isn't all about what we do. Um, why? I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here and say we're going to have people that will be following purely for the football thing. Why should faith be something that people pursue? Why should a relationship be, with Jesus be something that people look out for, look for in life? Why should somebody, yeah, um, open up scripture? Why should somebody follow Jesus, do you think? It's almost something which... Uh... It's almost something which I can't, in and of myself, convince you of doing. Um, you have to sort of come, come and taste and see, and and, mm-hmm. and really just look at your own life. I mean, I've yeah. had conversations, right? Sort of the most sort of basic conversations with people concerning the gospel. Um, I've had the most sort of highly academically, uh, uh, I guess, uh, ten, uh, conversations which are full of tension with boys mm-hmm. at eight. Well, and at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself again, what is at the center of my worldview, right? Is, is the thing at the center of my worldview something which I can stand on, something which um, is steadfast, which can last, or is it something which is a created thing, right, and which is bound to fall away? And so if your foundation is not on God, you have to ask yourself, what is the purpose to my life? Is it 
Um, is it firm? Is it steadfast? Will it last me or will it simply fall away like everything else in this world? And when you realize that, um, my father always used to say that the number one sign of intelligence uh, someone in this world is that you need help, right? It's you know, that, you and that you're in dire need of salvation. And I think yeah. I come to that point and I, and I really pray for that in the lives of my friends and the lives of even my enemies, that you can realize that I'm in dire need of help um, because without needing help, right? You cannot be given a prescription by a doctor and Christ um, is that prescription. I think now become uh, manifestly clear when, when you, when you read his word, when you uh, come to, to know him through God's word. And so I guess, yeah, that's, that's the one thing that I would ask people to do is to uh, reconsider your worldview. And is it something which holds up? Is it something which is consistent or is it something which is on, on sand and sticks, which is, which is not good. So. Absolutely. That's brilliant. Well, I hope the people have heard, uh, be challenged by that. It's fantastic. You mentioned something earlier about awe, um, being in awe. So you talked about your Bible, Bible study group at Eton and talked about this idea that, you know, looking at things outside of ourselves and knowing that despite what we do, if we're looking at things outside of ourselves, I'm, I'm not, I'm saying it in a completely different way to you did, but, but this idea that it was funny. I was I was listening to a podcast um, a couple of weeks ago that was non it was non faith related. It was talking about the science of awe and the fact that actually there's years to be added to our lives if we, on a regular basis, are in awe. The thing, the emotions that that releases, the chemicals, endorphins that that releases in the body by being in awe. And I thought that's like this is like solid evidence for for our relationship with with a god with a creator of the the universe to the point where we can say we can look out and go look at that sunset i'm in awe because what it does to us from a from a gospel perspective is it reminds us there's something bigger that's far bigger and better outside of ourselves and that's good for us you know and it's so counterculturally isn't it as well like our world says you and your happiness is the priority in life and that's it you know but outside of that there's there's these factors that that show god's we can see god in nature by being in awe and actually from a scientific perspective which we all we all know that there's a bit of a contrast between there's a clash a, a, a clash and there doesn't need to always be a clash between mm-hmm. science and faith that that says that one's against i'm saying that actually the science is that being in awe out of things of outside of ourselves go hand in hand with with faith and is good for our bodies as humans and adds years on our lives if we're outside of ourselves and are being focused on things so i think it's really really good to have that as our starting place is for to stay humble uh bringing humility into our lives by remembering that things are far bigger outside of ourselves that yes our lives have value but in the grand scheme of things when you look at the world and the, the god the world that god created it's so it's so huge and we are one one part of that one very 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 small part of that and that's humbling that's humbling to know it's a brilliant and interesting way to start a start a bible study and to talk about isn't it yeah yeah it's something i mean you referenced that the science is there and as someone who is sort of uh i guess been in contact with sort of the the academics of the upper echelons of of education and, and and sciences and all these different aspects of education, what you find is is that the deeper you go into it, the more that you find that these things affirm the glory of God. The more that you find that um, these things are there, that they're subsections of God's creation, and so they glorify Him. Obviously, you can take whatever you want, you can take whatever created thing and sort of turn it against its creator. But at the end of the day, it's part of its very nature. It's essential to it. That, that is focused on on God and, and that it glorifies his name. Um, mm-hmm. you know, his creation is beautiful and you can see so many beautiful things uh, in creation, in, in other people even, but you can only do that when you have the right lens and that right lens is um, it's only given to you by, by God's spirit, through God's spirit um, and Christ Jesus comes to show us how exactly we do that, which is mm-hmm. why he's right. So, that's brilliant. If anyone's watching right now and has a question, please don't hesitate to put the question in the comments just on the side there. I'm going to talk to you a little bit, ask you a little bit about your future as we begin to wrap it up. Um, educate, education-wise, scholarship-wise, um, 
Eton's up till 18, is that correct? Yes, so this is my final year at, yeah. at Eton, so it's exciting. And then does it move into football or will you continue in academics? Yeah, so obviously for me, I'm just always looking at, at the, the doors which God is opening and closing mm-hmm. for me and everything yeah. like that. I recently got my, my offer from Oxford to study there as well, so that's another mm-hmm. thing which I just thank God for. Um, yeah. And as long as God is keeping in any path open for me, I'm not going to be proud enough sort of, or prideful enough to sort of turn it down, right? It's never been in my own strength that I'm achieving all of this. Um, I just want to always reiterate, and reiterate that and make it clear because sometimes I, I surprise myself or I'm surprised myself at how, how much I'm able to balance just in my own life because I know that, but at the end of the day, I know that it's, it's God who's driving everything. And so football, academics, all I know is, is that I'm going to, Sort of uh, apply myself as as fully as possible to each one of them, and, and that's what we're called to do, right? Whatever we, our hands find it to do, let us do it with all our might. And I think if that's at the forefront, then what's it? The path God, God's spirit will lead. God's spirit will lead, and that's yeah. I'm focusing on. It's what I want to really happen in my life because there are so many routes that I could take. Um, but God's God's path for me, His will for me. So I just need to remain prayerful, remain aware of His word. I'm sure, I'm sure blessings will follow. Yes, yeah, and it just sounds like, you know, it sounds it's it sounds less about where you're at. It's just about really, it's about what you're doing. It's about serving the Lord in in everything you're doing. That's fantastic. We've got a question here from Emmanuel. I don't know if you can see that. Can you see that there? Mm-hmm. It says Tudor, how do how do people like Bukayo Saka, who is expressive in his faith, have an impact on you? Another person who is equally gifted and on and off the field. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly aware of Bakayo's faith. It's mm. it's something which every time you see someone declare, uh, you know, their, their their faith is something which you thank God for. You thank the confidence for it. Um, obviously, the most important relationships we have isn't with people who are necessarily distant uh, from us, but people who, whose faith that we can know and sort of uh, come to grips with on a on a daily basis, a weekly basis. So, just being able to see, sort of, uh, I guess, top top footballers, um, top, top, uh, I guess anyone who's at the top of their game, it's a real blessing to see because it's what ought to be happening the whole time, right? It, it shouldn't just be one or two uh, footballers or one or two celebrities sort of praising the name of the Lord. If everyone recognised, um, you know, their condition, they recognised sort of how much their gift is from God, every good gift is from God, then you'd be hearing the whole world declaring his praises. Um, but we knew, we do know from God's scripture that it is what he says, that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. And so in the meantime, we're going to just keep glorifying God. So we bless people like we bless people um, who, are, who are declaring God's name on a global stage, regardless of what people think, because it's, it's only God's opinion that counts at the end of the day. So, yeah. That's right. That's right. And I'm going to take the opportunity just to say to people, say to people right here that actually, and we talked about this a little bit prior to the podcast, um, and that, that is that it's a, it is very natural that people look to those people that are at the top of the game. But for those listening, it's really important that you realise that you don't need to be at the top of any game in order to represent your faith and to do that well. So wherever you are, whether you're at school, college, university, in a job, that God's got you there for a reason, that God has a, has a plan for you where you're at. And really, you know, go go looking for that. To, you're actually, your life is there for, you, you're there for a reason. You were made for a reason. And actually where God's got you is get, it's where God wa- wants you right now. And that my challenge in, in, my, in my work, for example, is going, okay, how do I best um, communicate my faith to others? How do I glorify God in, in what I'm doing on a daily basis? And that doesn't need to necessarily be, um, whether it's Eton or Chelsea, that doesn't need to be. It just so happens um, that Tudor is, is in both of those and he loves what he's doing and he's fantastic at, at both. But what he also recognises is, yeah, I mean, tell, tell I'm not speaking on your behalf, Tudor, but tell the people where you stand on that front, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it's like we we were discussing this, I guess, before the podcast went live, and it's that idea that I, I you think about if we really understand and know the nature of our God, who is King of the Universe, right? Mm-hmm. We know that uh, in relation, in respect to His grandeur, right, in respect to His Majesty, 
we are we are nothing right isaiah says that all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags before the lord so um in our heads i guess it should never be uh necessarily just oh what can what can i do for the lord as in we could ever do something for him right it should just be how we can glorify him and praise him and thank him right for what he is doing in our lives so not necessarily what we can do for him but thanking him and praising him for what he is doing in us um i think he certainly uh delights in gifting and gifting men and, and seeing what they'll do with it but we must realize especially those of us who are in in those positions those public positions that there is no weight upon your shoulders the more public you are with your faith and and then we also realize that um the opposition that will come because of the word in your life because of uh your or I guess your visibility um, in, in the world, uh, your the position will be great. And we should always be ready for that and prayerful, um, praying for people who are at the top of, of, of uh, or, or, or in the in the view of, of many people. But at the same time, we, we have to realize that uh, God builds his church from bottom up, right? He's a personal God um, who has relationships with all of those who call to him, not just, I guess, superstars and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Absolutely. There was a, a story I heard a while ago of a famous evangelist that went to a local church and there was a, a young boy that was in the crowd and he puts his hand up and he says to this a famous evangelist, he says, how can I reach the most people being an, being an evangelist? And the, the evangelist turns to the boy and says, go and tidy your room. <laughs> go and clean your room and the point from that basically is to say sort out what you have and it was just off the back of what you're saying about from the bottom up it's we forget how insignificant i'm uh, sorry how significant these things are in our own development when we deal with the small and we allow that to cultivate an attitude a discipline a behavior a heart a heart posture towards serving the lord and so that's that's really it that changed my perspective my room's more tidy now um things <laughs> things are things are better you know and it's moving and being vigilant and and honoring the small stuff as well that's brilliant um we've got a question from the one and only carson who says we covered this a little bit but how do you play with so much confidence Gina? how do i play with so much confidence uh yes yeah, so my my mates asked the same same questions uh, I don't have to answer the question without sounding too, I guess, uh, blunt with it. But I guess it's yeah. it's my gift. I've been doing it since the age of eight years old, so mm-hmm. it's almost second nature. Um, it's it's true that there there are stages, especially in your development, where your your your. I was one of those who was one of the smallest, sort of, in terms of you know physical development in my team. And there are times where um, you just have to be. Uh, persistent as well with what you do because it's easy for you to lose your identity because it doesn't work out well or you're not uh you're you're not visibly the quickest or the strongest but when when you realize what you have you know what you have your ability um it's your job just to uh i guess disregard what everyone else is saying and then be true to um I guess, true to the gifts that God's given you. So that's the same with my academics, the same with my football. Um, if I if I focus too much on just, uh, you know, how much I can manufacture out of the situation or what it looks like from the outside, well, um, it can it can sort of knock your confidence. But I guess the, the job is just to be very focused on um, repeating actions um, and, and doing it fearlessly, being bold in all, in all circumstances. It's really, it's really obvious, Tudor, that you do what you you do both of these things that we're talking about in academics and football. You do them from a really good place, and that's that's led on from uh, from Carson's question about confidence. Is is this kind of where are you doing it from? Why are you doing what you're doing? Because you're right. If you're looking at it, I know as a as a creator, if I on on YouTube and, and whatever, if I do it for video for for money. I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. I'm doing it for absolutely the wrong reasons. But if I'm doing it from a place of going, actually, this is a passion that I want to do. I want to reach people with the gospel on, on social media. That's what sustains me and keeps my heart renewed and allows me to do what I'm doing. That's my, that's my good place. And that took time. That took time for me to get to from, from that, you know, place. I knew that I had this fire to do this one thing. There was this, the world was, you know, the pressure of, of getting money, et cetera. But this has never been about money for me. But that's um, 
it's just interesting to hear your perspective of that foundation that both of the things you're doing come off a really firm foundation um and and that's really important i want to put you in a hypothetical situation and i just want to hear your response to that we take away both from you football we take away academics what what makes up tudor mendeldo i mean god's grace will i hope um and, and i guess something that i pray for every day is mm. that my faith will still stand right my my identity is like i've said before my identity is not in either of those two things i think that's what the world wants to convince people of right they want to convince you that your identity is in this thing that thing or, or whatever um but, but god has really shown us right that our identity has to be fully grounded in christ and who else who else is the question what will you ground yourself in um we we're talking about the sciences earlier and obviously that brings to mind just people who, who who don't have faith who who choose not to believe and you've just got to ask them the question um you don't have faith in God, so what exactly do you have faith in because we, we we're religious i guess uh religious creatures by nature as it were we're, we're religious creatures by nature and so whether you believe in god or don't believe in god right you will end up believing in something um and i just hope that uh i just hope that that the people will realize that there is nothing which is worthy of our praise nothing which is worthy um of of being called the truth or being called god other than um god who who is revealed in Christ Jesus um and for for my life i guess coming back to the question what would happen took away the two i just hope that you just have um christ i mean i just want that's why i'm praying to him every day for it just so that there can be less of me and more of christ because the more that you get to know him the more that you realize that <laughs> I want his joy. I want his peace. I want his uh, endurance. I want his strength. I just want everything that's his. I want it as much to, to sort of just get rid of me out of the picture and I can just be so much more. And that's what that's the work of the spirit, which we see in so many Christians. And it's, it's the most beautiful thing. It's the most beautiful thing. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Got one more question from, uh, from Carson, the same, same um, question as before. Uh, Tudor, do you have any tips uh, for balancing sport and school and how to excel at both? I guess I just have to refer back to the last sort of uh, yeah. hour of discussion. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, thanks for your question. It's a question that um, is natural and mm. I, I never want to give sort of an empty word or sort of a a, a manufactured answer. Uh, answer. It's, it's like I say, sometimes I don't even understand how I'm able to balance, balance both of them. I think it's because uh, it's it's not my work. It's not just my strength. If it were, if I did believe it were in, in and of my own strength, I think I'd be uh, I'd be led away and led astray so many of the times and fall off in in both of them. So I guess you have to you have to foot again, which is what this whole talk is about. You've got to focus on something which is above your football, above your academics. What is the reason why you're doing this? If you cannot have something which sustains you. Um, cannot have something which is uh which is true coherent consistent that you can turn to every single time you'll lose interest in in something and just chase whatever's the most bright and flashy thing right? you'll chase whatever's the most money fame lust, desire that sort of thing um, so if you don't have a firm foundation i really suggest that you you consider that in your life and that you, you you see christ you go and look look at christ himself because um, he says, come unto me, all you who are weary, for his burden is light. It's a light burden, and you'll come and take it see, and see that it's good, which is beautiful. Mm. That's brilliant. Tudor Mendel, remember the name. And, and you know, <sighs> Tudor's going to get this. I'm not sure if everyone will get this, but it doesn't matter, regardless of football or academics. I know that Tudor's going to do huge things. You're going to do great things with your life. And if you took both of those things away, the things we've talked about as being the, the you know, those, those main things, academics and football, if you took both of them away now, I'm confident knowing where you come from and, and the things you've shared that you will do well, regardless, um, regardless of those things. It's easy, as we've talked about, to focus on those things and make that who we are. But what if there's anything we want you to take back from from today and hearing and hearing Tudor is is that actually it's it's putting your 
foundation in something firm, solid and true. And we believe, we both believe that the only thing, the only person we can do that is in the person of Jesus Christ. Oh, and it's just a, a blessing to be able to to do that. So I know actually that Judah will do well regardless. If he comes out of football, I know he will do well regardless. Out of academics, he will do well regardless. And I'm just so excited to be a part of, you know, you spent an hour, sorry, too long, um, <laughs> an hour sharing your heart with us. And it's been a huge blessing to us. So thank you so much. Is there anything you want to say just as closing, as takeaways for anyone listening? No, just to thank you, Mr. McCall. Thank you for what you're doing. Um, it's I find it a real, a real, it's always a real privilege just to be able to glorify God. Um, you can do it on the pitch, you can do it in uh, the classroom, but to just declare His word, declare His goodness. I mean, you facilitated that. It is a real blessing. So I just pray that God continues to bless what you're doing, and that you know whether people um, take this up, take Christ up, don't take Christ up. Just that, just that God can be glorified. That's that's yeah. what's a blessing to my life. I really do pray that people will see the truth and what's being spoken. So, yeah. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Tudor, I consider you a, a brother in Christ and a, and a, and a really good friend. Um, it'll be interesting to see, to look back at this uh, in near future. Maybe we can do this again future in the, in the near future, for yes, a couple of years yeah. down the line and see how, how far things have progressed. But bless you, brother. Thank you so much today. And uh, yeah, if you've enjoyed what you've seen, um today please uh, subscribe hit the thumbs up where you're at if this has blessed you in any way go and go and follow tudor i'm sure most of you're doing that already but if you're not go and do that you'll be encouraged it's good you know to start and know where we're coming from and if that means opening social media and being encouraged by the accounts that you're following tudor is one of those accounts please go and go and follow him and go and search for good things in in your life to set up for a good firm foundation Bless you guys. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Judah.